of um, introducing to you Lonnie and Angela who are going to be speaking tonight. Um, I, I had the thrill of um, marrying these two. Now, it's funny when I say that because I only have one wife. I'm just married to one person. <laughs> but it seems, you know, the way I say that, I married this person and this one and this one, yeah, as a pastor. Anyway, silliness. Um, I married these two. <laughs> What a, what a ceremony. Three years ago, right? And uh, oh my goodness, the Spirit of God was thick and heavy. And uh, so much of that was because of God smiling on these two. And um, that l before the foundation of the earth, he had this in store for these two to find each other. And um, to be connected as one the way he intended to uh, run this race together as husband and wife. And um, I'm just, in three years' time, I have watched both of them grow like crazy. Um, and I'm just super proud of both of you. Just uh, love you bunches. And I'm excited about what we get to hear tonight. So these, these two, uh, they're pastors, they're elders of Blazing Fire. And they also are the overseers of our school of ministry, both the full-time day school, the night school, and this next coming year, the, um, the web school as we go pastor the world through the web. So Lonnie and Angela, would you welcome them? Amen. Thank you. Uh, Let me just set up real quick. I'm going to start off first. I'm Lonnie. She's Angela. You, today you just don't know. I'm going to start off first and mess everything up. Wife's going to come clean it up. I'm going to come back and mess it up again, have the prayer team clean it up. Is that okay? Fair deal? But let me start with, can I get the uh, stage lights turned out just a little bit? Is that possible? I've got a couple of clips I want to play while I'm up here. So I'll make sure people can see okay. I want to start with a testimony, if that's okay. A friend of mine uh, posted on Facebook yesterday just that she was signing off for the weekend to everybody have a good weekend because her back was really hurting. And matter of fact, I've known her for several years. She's one of the first, several years ago when I was in high tech, she's the first person I prayed for at work and got healed. And then for two years after, signs and wonders broke out for two years in the workplace. So she's on Facebook, and she said her back was hurting bad. So I just posted back, well, in the name of Jesus, blah, 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 fire got come. She Facebooks back, said, oh, my gosh, Lonnie, I was in so much pain, I was crying. When, when I read your prayer on Facebook, the heat came in my back and was healed. <laughs> Yeah. So not only does God use Verizon, he also uses Facebook to heal people. I just thought you should know that. That's my daddy. So let me set up real quick. Are we good here? Yes. So Hope Restored is going to be the message tonight. A few weeks ago, if you read my email or not, the Lord dropped this, this word in my spirit. And since the Hope Restored came in my spirit... Everywhere I've gone, I've seen the word hope, through friends, through messages, through TV. I mean, it's, it's chasing me down. And then I realized one thing. It wasn't just for me. It's actually for the body of Christ, if you only believe. So the part you have to play in this message, not that the message is going to be great, but the spirit on the message is, only believe that the spirit of hope being restored to people's lives is being released in the earth, being released in the earth right now. Amen. I love this pick, right? This is a cool pick here. You know, in the world today, there's a lot of negative things being spoken in the earth. Tons and tons of negativity. Just turn on the news. Watch the news. Watch the soap operas. Watch the reality TV. Listen to people talk. Listen to people in the church. Listen to people around the world, and the world's full of negativity. It's so bad, we might as well check out, right? You can't turn everywhere and hear something negative. But you know what I realized? God created me to come in the opposite spirit, to bring life and truth and hope in a world that's believing a lie. See, I truly believe in my heart. I can't prove this to you, but I believe in my heart. There's more good going on in the world than bad. Just the negativity sells, sells papers. It sells, it sells subscriptions. It sells products. It sells software. It sells computers. But I truly believe there's more good going on in the world than bad. We just don't hear about it. Because, see, God has sons and daughters on earth releasing the good. Us. Right? So we have to make a choice in life. What spirit or spirits, we allow to guide our, guide, our, guide our path. 
And sometimes it's a daily decision. Will it be a spirit of politics, a spirit of religion, a spirit of negativity? Each and every day we have to decide that day and that moment, what spirit is going to guide my path today? Amen. And that's a conscious, I mean, I deal with this on a daily basis. If I get a, a situation, what spirit am I going to follow in that situation? What spirit am I going to listen to? The spirit of anger? A spirit of lust? A spirit of greed? A spirit of hate? A spirit of jealousy? Or, or what? But i tell you one thing. We all have to make a choice. The choice is ours. And so I chose in my life to follow the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit I want to follow. That's the spirit that Jesus gave us to combat all the false spirits that are out there that come at us every day. And it says in John 16, 13, the New, uh, the New King James Version, however, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide us into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. So there's situations where you get into, and I get into, I say, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, what's the answer? Before getting to the flesh or following a spirit that would take me down the wrong path, I try to always go with the Holy Spirit. And he always, always, always gives you the best path possible. You know, in the beginning of my marriage, my wife would always tell me, breathe before you talk. Talk to God before you say something to me. And like, but you don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. Go, go see God first. And I go see God, and she was right. No, it makes sense. If, if I go in my own flesh and emotions, I'm going to say something I, I regret. That will damage the relationship. But if I can spend time with God first and get past my own selfish need and hear God's heart from his daughter, guess what I'm going to come back with? Oh, you were right. And if she was wrong, God will show her that she was wrong. It doesn't mean we don't confront things. We do confront things about each other. Don't get me wrong. But it's in the right spirit of God, not the spirit of want to be right all the time. So what spirit are we going to choose every day in our lives when these situations come to follow? Because the choice is ours. And there's times I follow the wrong spirit. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm, I'm assuming everybody's here saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that guide our destinies. That's what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? So your, you have, your permission to, for fear has been revoked. It will only keep you from reaching your destiny. In 2 Timothy 1.7, the New King James Version says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So when the spirit of fear tries to come in, it's not of God. It's a false spirit we're following. I shared a testimony several, several months back. One night I was in the bedroom. Angela, there's many times in the middle of the night, Angela goes to spend time with the Lord. He'd wake her up, and she goes to spend time with the Lord. This particular night, I went to the bathroom, came back to bed. And our room was pretty dark anyway, but it, when I laid in bed, it got extra, extra, extra dark. To the point was, it was darkness. And it wasn't my normal room no more. And all of a sudden, in this darkness, it came a spirit of fear, stepped into my room and tried to intimidate me. And fear came all on me. This is a real, this is a real I was wide awake. This is a real encounter. In my house. And I said, Holy Spirit, help. So I got scared. And all of a sudden, God's presence came on me. It's like an inch off my body. And all I remember is falling asleep. And God took care of the rest. And it's never been back since. I'm just being honest. Come on. Yeah. God, God's our protector. I just said, Holy Spirit, help. And he showed up. Hope restored. Hope is being restored in the earth today as we speak. And guess who's being restored through? Us. We're the restorers of hope. Because why? Jesus lives in us, the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 40, 31, New International Version. But those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint, not be faint. Graham Cook posted this today on Facebook, so I had to put it in. Hope does not allow the enemy any place to lie to us. It allows no deception. It refuses a negative. Despondence and discouragement never get a foot in the door of our heart. It is a solid defense that opens us up to all that God has purposed. Hope believes in implicitly in the nature of God. Now, those who know who Graham Cook is, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty uh, prophetic, high prophetic person, prophet, 
around the world that, that just speaks the goodness and the love of God. And he had this message today about hope. Hope. So at this time, I'm going to cut it there. It bring my beautiful wife, Angela Ellis. Come on up, Angela. this hope thing in his spirit and it, it was back when Brent and Suzanne had asked us to, to preach and and so he was kind of running with it and he kept almost daily asking me you got something yet you got something yet and I'm like I got nothing <laughs> and then thinking okay hope okay I could go in the Bible and look up some scriptures but that's just not the way I like to do things I like to really hear from the Lord if I'm gonna be out here so um, he, he asked me again, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, I'm getting so irritated. I can't, I don't have anything, and I'm, I'm not going to just not show up and do this. So um, <laughs> like the beginning of the week, I was in bed. We were going to sleep, and I was, I'd had it, and I said, all right, Lord, what is it that you want to show me about hope? And immediately, I got a vision. And it was my hands. And my hands were putting mustard seeds in a little vial. And it was kind of like um, you would see a movie rewinding. And it was like, and in my head, I'm trying to figure out, I've done that. And I know I've done that for a purpose. And I finally made the connection one of my closest and dearest, dearest friends uh, is a, an attorney and from high school. We were friends from freshman in, in high school. Her whole life she knew she was going to be an attorney. And so we became incredibly close. Um, she became the godmother of my children. And she did all her years of schooling, and it came time to take the bar. And she's doing the bar in California. And she was nervous about it. Now, mind you, she was a believer, and I was not. And I don't know how this even happened, but I filled this little vial of mustard seeds, and I sent it to her so that she could have it when she was taking her bar. And when all of that connected for me, it was like, oh, my gosh. It was like such an oh, my gosh moment. And I thought, oh. And then I heard Holy Spirit speak to me, and he spoke to me, um, he spoke to me Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I heard him say, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then I began to finish it. I'm like, oh, and the evidence of things unseen or not seen. And I thought, oh, my gosh. So then I knew we were on a roll. So then I jumped out of bed, and I went downstairs and proceeded to spend a couple hours with the Lord. And so... I want to stop right there with the vision and the story of my friend because we are going to return back to that. But first, um, I feel like we need to kind of define what faith is. And uh, so we're going to go to that slide. And it says, faith, confidence or trust in a person or a thing. <clears throat> it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, key words here that kept popping out to me was confidence, assurance, and then things that we cannot see. We cannot see them. And um, I thought, oh, that's very interesting because the Lord just kind of does this little thing with me where words will pop out with me. So then I looked up um, the definition of hope, and that is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Um, a person or thing which expectations are centered. And so again, what is wanted can be had. 
ugh, don't we all have things that we want? Don't we all want things to turn out for the best? And, and that is the definition of hope. And so it says a person, I thought, oh, that's God. And it's, wait a minute, because I believe in you, God, and your ability, not my ability. And I have expectations that things I wanted can actually happen. And things will turn out for the best. And I just thought, wow, man, that is amazing how he has just tied in faith and hope together. And then, and then he gave me Romans 4, 17, 12. And I'm just going to read it to you guys real quickly. Again, he's doing this thing with bringing out words. And I promise we'll go back to the story and we'll tie this all in. Uh, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you for uh, I have made you father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises, and because of Abraham's faith, he counted him as righteous. There's quite a few words there that go in line with hope and faith. God told him, there's a promise, right? We know those are to be promises. Um, out of, you know, he says, I'm going to make something out of nothing, basically. He, I mean, he's old and things aren't working the way they should be. And he's, he's saying, no, no, no. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to make this happen. And this was his promise to Abraham. So, there's things that are popping out like, oh my gosh, the promises are tied in to faith and hope. And with that, there's an expectation that comes from that. And it says that Abraham was fully convinced. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. The Lord is pointing out some things to me here about hope and faith and how they're correlated together. But also how promises and the expectation of those promises, how this is all working together for us. And so going back to um, the scriptures, if you want to put, you got that up there, baby. Um, uh, these are the words that kept popping out, promises. The Lord gives us promises, um, both as written and unwritten. So as prophetic words, we're receiving these promises. And, and often you'll hear us say, well, I received that word. That means, yeah, I feel like God gave me that word. Um, believing, believing those words. Um, I, I really believe that that's the first step in this process. And faith, um, I be believe that these words are going to give birth to something. And then hope. Um, when faith is present, hope is present. Remember, these are measures of faith. Yeah. For some things, I can honestly say they've been really hard for me to have faith for. And that's when we're talking about mustard seeds, sizes of faith. But as we believe them more, we get an increase in the measure of faith. As there are circumstances that come up that might... Um, um, correlate with those promises we begin to gain faith it begins to multiply for us and so those were some of the words Romans eight twenty five. but if we have hope for what we do not see we eagerly wait for for it with perseverance to eagerly wait is to have expectation so we carry around these words, we carry around these promises, expecting that there will be fruit of the promise, um, expecting that there will be fruit of the faith and the hope that we are putting in these things. So now I'm going to bring it back to um, 
Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I'm going to bring it back to um, my friend Ange. When we were in high school, they used to call us Angie Squared because there was two of us. And <laughs> um, So back to this vision that he's given me. So I have this vision, and I'm putting these seeds, and I've now sent them to her. And as the Lord is showing me that I'm sending her these seeds, that there's like an exchange, but, but I sent them in the mail. There was no real ex- hand exchange, physical exchange. And it really it kind of boggled me all week, actually. And that night is the night that the Lord gave me all the scriptures, but I was like, God, what are you trying to show me about Ange in this mustard seed exchange? And then I wasn't getting anything, and now we're on Friday, yesterday, and we go to the house of prayer. And immediately the music's going, and we start just soaking in his presence, and the Lord takes me back. He's so gracious. Takes me back to this thing with my girlfriend. My girlfriend uh, became a Christian before I met her, and we were freshmen. Then she became a Catholic, um, but she was very rooted and grounded in the Word and in the love of God. And I was not. And in fact, I was very rebellious and I was very ticked at God. I was very angry. I was very offended. And the Lord started showing me all this, and I thought, oh, my gosh. This is why he's taking me back. He starts to show me that while Ange was the faithful, faith-filled woman of God, I was not. But all those years, she walked with me and loved me and showed me the love of God And she prayed for me. And she just, she was absolutely amazing in my life. And I stuck around her, even though her love for God drove me nuts. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the Lord was showing me, because when it clicked that, oh my God, I didn't even, I didn't even like the Lord then, like, I didn't, what am I doing sending her these mustard seeds then? Like, that just blows my mind. And he was showing me that somewhere along the line I had heard that scripture, and so I thought out of good nature I would give her something for her bar exam that she could relate to, that would help her through it. And and I thought, oh, my gosh, that is so cool, God. <laughs> um He started to show me that Angela was a pillar for me and that she had the faith of God in her life the whole time and and she was the one who had the hope. She was the one who had the faith that God would encounter me. She was the one who was praying for me nonstop and she was saying that it didn't matter what I threw at her because, man, I was nasty. When it came to God's stuff, especially after high school, I was nasty. And, I mean, I could give you, okay, I'm going to give you some examples because it's, it's actually humorous now. Um, okay, here's one. <laughs> I asked Ange to be the godmother to my children. Now, it was a big deal because... My Nina and Nino, which is what we call them in my culture, um, were MIA. They're missing in action. And they just weren't around when I was growing up. And I was determined not to have that for my children. So I took Ange for a drive, and I explained this all to her. And I said, look, if you're going to accept this, then I need you to um, take this very seriously. And I want you to commit and promise to be with my children forever. And that means if something happens to me, you're, you're going to help with my babies. And she, she's, um, she's like, okay, I said, don't even answer right now. Go think about it and then come back. So she does, and she comes back and says, yes, I will be the godmother to your children. And, and I'm like, okay, great. And that was good enough for me because 
she had made the commitment to me. But remember, Andrew's a person of faith, and she belongs to a church. And so she had asked Ange, are we going to do this in a church service? And to me, I was like, absolutely not. Like, the church might fall if I go in there. So, no, we're not going to do it in a church service. You've said yes, and I bless you, and I thank you so much. I love you. So she spits on her fingers. She goes up to my boys, and she puts crosses on their heads, and she prays for them. And and inside, I'm like, really, God? (laughs) Really? And, I mean, come on. And then... I just couldn't believe, like, you just really had to do that, didn't you? (laughs) And then, like, another example would be, we used to go to restaurants with my boys, and she would just, oh, every time, make us pray in public. And I was, (laughs) I was a pre-believer, so that was against every bit of my being. And she, (laughs) she would I said, and, and then I would just get quiet and I would get angry. And they would do their prayer and I'd stop and it would take me a minute to get over myself to be able to talk to her. Now, mind you, this is a woman who's praying for me and my children nonstop. She has hope that God is going to encounter me with love. She doesn't stop hoping for me. She doesn't stop having faith that God is a God of his word. All the while, I am just giving her venom after venom after venom. And I think this, was, this story is just the kicker for me. Ange finishes her internship in, across the United States. She calls me and says, will you drive back with me? And I said, okay, I'll fly out and we'll drive back. Well, she's going through a lot emotionally. And I swear if I'd known this was going to happen, I would have said, I'm sorry, I'm busy. She she and I start driving across the country, and all of a sudden she's having this mental breakdown. And I'm like, you know, the mental breakdown is not the problem. What the problem is is that she is totally and 100% dependent on God. So she's flipping out, and she's starting to put these tapes in gospel tapes and I'm like oh my god we're only in Wyoming <laughs> so, oh no it wasn't Wyoming it's Dakota we were in South Dakota and I'm thinking oh no 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 so then she says and and you've got to read to me and I'm like I'll read to you what do you she pulls out the Bible <laughs> And she's making me read scriptures, and I don't understand what I'm reading. And I just, and I won't lie to you, I had critters back then, and I could feel everything going on in my body wanting to jump out of that car and wanting to throw the Bible out. And I was like, oh my God. And I, it took, it took, it, we took a big time out after that trip. I couldn't be around her because her faith had invaded my space. <laughs> and I, you know, I just think, I think back because the Lord showed me this girl, this poor girl, she never stopped believing. She never stopped having faith in her God, that he could accomplish the impossible, even when it didn't look like her prayers or her promises were going to come true, even when I was giving her the exact opposite of what her hope was for me and my children, she kept on. She kept the faith. She kept on hoping. She kept on grabbing onto those promises. And she kept declaring because she kept praying around me, and I heard it. (laughs) And it just... When I think about it, it just, oh, it fills my heart. Because now I look and I go, oh, my God, here we are. Many, many, many years later. Many years she did not see the fruit of of her prayer, of her hope. 
But she kept on, and many years later, we're talking many, she sat in that second row, and she watched me get ordained. I'm telling you, I am telling you this to encourage you, to give you hope. When the Lord showed me this whole thing that I just shared with you, I began to weep because I have a hope in my heart. It is strong for my boys. See, I was offended with God. I was hurting. I was hurting. I was a hurting girl. And I didn't want to have nothing to do with God. And you know what? I have precious ones to me who have been hurt and they're offended and they're holding out a hand. God, I know who you are. I love you, but you can't get that close. I've even heard, I don't want to have anything to do with God. And God is so gracious and so beautiful and so good. He reminded me of this to restore my hope. He showed me. You remember Ange? Do you remember her faith? Do you remember how long she prayed for you and she just loved on you? Do you remember? And he showed me the fruit of it. And and I thought, oh, my God. She watched me get ordained. She's very much in my life. And she we have these beautiful Holy Spirit conversations now. And I can't imagine what she goes through when she hangs up the phone with me and she goes, oh, my gosh. I mean, here I am. I run a school of supernatural. That wasn't even in our conversations back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> And so I just come to you tonight and I just say, remember your promises. What has God said to you? What have you heard? What have you seen? What has he shown you? Hold on to those things because he is faithful. He is good. And if you can't remember something, try and go back. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I'm not remembering right now that you've done for me? And let that take root. And let that multiply. Because one thing he showed me about the hands with Ange and I, it was that it was a multiplication. Her faith to mine. We were able to multiply faith. Because now what she has sown in, what she's done, I am now doing with my family. And I believe, I believe that my family will come to know the Lord the way I have come to know the Lord. Wholehearted, surrendered, to the love of Christ, not my journey, but that they will come in. Because if he did it for me, if he did it for Ange, he's going to do it for other people. So I wanted to just give you that tonight so that you can have hope too. I want to encourage you, hold on to those promises. Declare those things as if they are not, or as if they are. Declare them because they will come to pass. I believe that every time (laughs) Ange prayed, didn't matter where my faith level was, she was a woman of faith and it changed things. It shifted things. And so I want to encourage you to declare your promises. Declare them, believe in them, and have hope for them. Amen? Yeah, you see, I'm married up. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I'm pro- yes. Be obedient to the Lord. He feel the desires of your heart. You know, but that was great. You know, and the funny thing is, God dropped a message in my spirit about hope being restored. And, and I was asking, well, you got anything? You got anything? You know, want to add to the message? What do you want to do? And, and she didn't, but then she engaged the Lord. Lord, what do you want to show me? So we forget that piece sometimes. We hear people say things, the Lord's doing this. But we don't say, okay, Lord, how do I engage in that? We just hear it, it goes by. 
So, so I'm telling you right now, the Lord brought to my spirit that hope is being restored, but you have to believe it and engage with the Lord yourself, what it like in your life. He will show you what that looks like in your life. You know, it's either we live in the darkness or we live in light. Which world do we live in, a dark world or a bright world? I live in a bright world because I am the light of Christ in me. So when I step on the scene, the darkness becomes light because I'm there. It doesn't mean bad things doesn't happen to me. I can tell you a list of things. But I have a big God that loves me. Come his son. And I can tell you story after story after story after story, story how he's protected me and brought me through. You know, Angela reminded me of a story of my aunt, auntie, who by marriage as a kid, one of my, probably the one of my, all my aunts, I love all my aunts, but this one had a special relationship with the kids when we were young, young kids, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. We had a special relationship with her. Because she loved hanging with the kids while the girls were gambling, drinking, partying. She wanted to be with the kids. And she always talked about Jesus, but she was very loving and all this. The only thing is I got older, I, I didn't too much like about my aunt. She would know your business. She would, she would call you on the phone and say, Lonnie, now I know you were doing this and blah, blah, and no details what you were doing. And nobody knew this in my family. It used to freak me out. Now, she always was loving and always caring, but it bothered me. So sometimes she'd call my sister, Aunt Barbara's on the phone. I said, I don't want to talk to her. Tell her I'm at home. I'm at home. Because I know I was out doing something. I shouldn't have been doing it. She knew it. She, now, she never made me feel bad about myself. But I, you know what I'm saying? The guilt I was living, the shame, the darkness was keeping me in prison. So at 17, she finally cornered me one day and started calling out my destiny over me. I didn't know that back then, the language for it. And so to get off my back, I was either 16, 17, or 18, somewhere around there. I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior to get her off my back. <laughs> and then I ran straight into the world for the, for the next several years until I was 38. But let me tell you, my aunt, and, I, and she gave me permission to tell her story, but I won't give you the details tonight. My aunt went through hell that no woman should ever go through by the hands of my uncle. I'm going to story tonight. And there's many times she wanted to get out of the marriage. And God said, stay there, you're in the marriage for a purpose. Now, I'm telling you something. She heard from the Lord for her life. You have to hear the Lord for your life, okay? What the Lord tells you to do. So for years, she did in this crazy, abusive, violent marriage. And God says, you're in there for the kids. Stay in the marriage. And then one day, she said, Lord, either I can't do this anymore. Take me home. I can't do this anymore. Well, that day, in that, time, that, that week or so, whatever it was, under the time frame, kept her for a divorce. They're friends this day, though. Matter of fact, she's got three kids, and there's three more kids that were birthed downstairs and outside the marriage that are all the same age that she found out later in life. And she brought all the kids together to know each other. She pretty much raised all of them. Now, her and my uncle are good friends this day. They're divorced, but they're good friends. And through all that believing for the kids, I'm the first fruit of everything she sold into. I'm the first one to come to the Lord wholeheartedly, sold out. At 38 years old, the Lord got a hold of me. So my aunt means the world to me because she had hope for us kids, hope, faith, and believe God, what he showed her. And she says, Lonnie, I'm glad I did what I had to do to sow in to what God was going to do to the rest of them. That's kind of a harsh message. I know that's kind of a, that messes with some people's theology, I know. Again, you have to follow the Lord for your life and what he's called you to deal with. But she's a very happy woman. She's a very amazing woman. And I love her to pieces. We run with the Lord together. We run after God together. Hope. Rejoice in our suffering. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Let me read the whole scripture, actually, out of the uh, New King James. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I know these are one of those scriptures that people say, oh, why did you say that scripture? Because it's true. We go through crap. We go through stuff. Life happens, people. Listen, let's be real. Life happens. Life happens. But it's not what happens to you. It's how you deal with what happens to you and how you come up through it. Because life's going to come at you. But Jesus made a way 
to walk through the heavy things. It could be a loss of a marriage, a loss of a child, loss of a job, a loss of a home. But I tell you what, on the other side of that, through the mourning process, through the grieving process, through the emotional healing process, God's going to walk you through step by step by step. You become a breakthrough for someone that needs a breakthrough. You become a miracle for the person that needs a miracle. I know from experience. I'm talking from experience now. You're going to be the answer to a question. You're going to be the answer. You're going to be the Jesus in someone's life they need to meet Jesus himself. So your pain may be for a night, your mourning may be for a night, but I promise you, your joy will come in the morning until the next thing you go through. And it's okay. Because we, know this, we all know the book. We read the book. We win at the end, right? Amen. So I want to define these three words, perseverance, character, and hope. I want to do it like this. If you watch this with me. If we dim the lights a little bit, if you could do it from the sound stage. Perseverance, steady, persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, etc. Especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Character, one such feature or trait, characteristic, moral or ethical quality, a man of fine, honorable character. Qualities of honesty, courage, or the like. Integrity. Hope. A person or thing in which expectations are centered. People. Hope is a person. And his name is Jesus. And he put that spirit of the Holy Spirit in us that carries hope, which is Jesus. Jesus is all three of these things in character, and he made us all these things when he shines through us. Perseverance, character, and hope. And I'll read it again. Steady persistence in a course of action. That was Jesus, wasn't it? Turn the lights back up a little bit. Thank you. Estate especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Did Jesus persevere? Yes. yes, he did. Character, one such feature or trait, characteristic, moral or ethical quality, a man of fine, honorable character, qualities of honesty, courage, and the like integrity. Did Jesus have character? Yes. Hope, a person or thing in which expectations are centered. Who are we putting our hope in? Jesus. Are we putting our hope in Jesus? Because Jesus put his spirit in us so we can... Be a person of perseverance. Be a person of character. And be a person of hope. So I ask you again, are we living in a dark world or a world full of light? The light. Darkness will show up, but we turn on the light, don't we? It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but we can persevere. We can develop our character. We can release hope wherever we go. First Timothy 1.1. 1, 1. International version, Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the command of God our Savior, and of Christ, Jesus, our hope. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. The other day, Nancy Ma reposted somebody's posting on Facebook, and it scrapped my spirit. I tell you, if hope has been chasing me down the street, I am not even kidding. I'm not kidding. The spirit of hope is being released in the world right now. I promise you, you're going to hear more and more and more about it in the secular realm and the Christian realm. Start listening. Have eyes to see, ears to hear, and grab a hold of it. And ask God, what does that mean in your life? Don't let this pass you by. It's the time that hope is being especially when you hope now. And it's here. So next thing I posted, I grabbed it. My hope is in you. Psalm 39.7. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Innocence of a babe. My hope is in you, Lord. They're telling me the world is dark, but you tell me to turn on the light. But people are down in the city, you tell me to lay hands and see the dead raised. You tell me to be the answer where there's no answer. You tell me to tell people they're beautiful and people call them ugly. What world are we living in? A world of darkness or a world of light? 
The choice is ours. What spirit will we follow each day of our lives? The spirit of lie, spirit of religion, spirit of greed, or the spirit of the Holy Spirit, who tells us what in all truth, all things. And what the Spirit produce, the Holy Spirit produce? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. I'm going to mess it up, so I won't say my script. But you know it. Or look it up. Galatians 5. Thank you. So what I want to do right now, as I tie my shoe, is I want to stand together. I want the Holy Spirit to come minister to us. Several months ago, I played this video by Will Matthews out of Bethel called Hope's Anthem. But I want to do it where we open our spirits to the Holy Spirit to come in. But see, there's people in here that need hope. They need to believe again that they have a purpose in life and a destiny. They need to believe again we live in a world full of positive things happening, not just the darkness that the news is talking about. So I want you to agree with the Holy Spirit that you let him come in and ministry. I just know there's anointing in this song, but especially in this season, especially the Holy Spirit was going to come in and just minister to you personally. We're how to believe in laying hands on people. And we'll do that. But the best time to meet God is in your own personal space with God. Amen. So I'm going to take a few minutes. If we get the lights down again, let the Holy Spirit minister to us in this place. He's awakening the hope in me by calling for my destiny. He's breathing life into my soul. I will thirst for him and him alone. He has come like the Showers on the barren plain. So my heart, tongue confess, Jesus Christ, the hope of man. My hope. Giving his heart 
Yes, Lord. You turn lights back up, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Let's just thank Jim and the sound booth for doing all they do back there and that screen and all them every weekend out, week out. <laughs> we come at the last minute with all our needs, technical needs, and they just make it happen. We need to honor people that need to be honored. Uh, sit down for a minute. We'll, we'll miss your time in a minute here. I'm going to share a couple of things that are not my script. Uh, one thing I got to where we're listening to this, you know, we were saying, God, our hope is in you. I heard the Lord say, but my hope is in you. Yes. Think about that one. This is Selah. We're saying to God, God, my hope is in you. And God said, but my hope is in you. Because he put his hope in us with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost. God, my hope is in you. But son, daughter, my hope is in you. And you, and you, and you. I'm going to share something. Uh, I'm going to tell you how real this message is. Listen. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care about any of that. My identity's not caught up in that. My identity's caught up in heaven. And I try to see from the heavenly realm to the earth realm to so the earth realm to so the heavenly realm. So I want, you to, I want to talk to a mature spirit tonight. There's not, I, I don't care whether Obama's in office or not in the office. I don't care if Romney's in It doesn't bother me either way because my hope is in God and God's hope is in me. Now, we need to vote. Don't get me wrong. I understand. Great, we should vote. I get that. This, so what I'm about to tell you has nothing to do with none of that. I don't, you vote for Romney, I'm going to love you. You vote for Obama, I'm going to love you because you're God's child. But when this thing hit me, really hit me, this hope has been released in the earth. I listened to the, the, the speeches by both candidates, Romney and Obama. Now, if God can speak through a donkey, now, <laughs> I'm not calling the president a donkey. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you have to have, listen, this is serious though. You have to have spiritual ears to hear what I'm about to say. This is the mature thing I'm about to say. This is not saying vote for Obama, saying not vote for Obama. This is not what it's about. You have to have ears to hear what I'm about to say. I did listen to the Democrats' convention thing the other night for the first time. This is when Romney stuff. Obama was speaking, right? What was he talking about? Hope. The Spirit of God was prophesying hope in the world, hope in the land. He, now, I'm not saying that's going to be his campaign. Which is how you, it has nothing to do with the man. Put away beside the man. Do you hear the Spirit of God prophesying the land of hope? Put aside, put aside politics. Get away from all that. Stay away from all that for right now. 
God can speak from any platform through any person and speak what he's doing in the world. That's what you got to get right now. Put away all the politics stuff. It's not about politics right now. It's about the spirit of God speaking in the land. I told you you're going to hear this word, hope, come from everywhere. Open your spiritual ears, mature spirit to hear what he's doing in the land. He's releasing words through people, and they don't even know they're doing it. But we got to grab a hold of it. Does that make sense? I know some of you are going to be offended by what I just said. If you can get past yourself in politics, I don't care about that. About God speaking in the land. Hope is being released and restored in the land. And it's coming through us. It's coming through us. So either we live in a dark world or we live in a world of light. Doesn't mean earthquakes aren't going to happen. Doesn't mean floods are going to happen. Doesn't mean people are going to die. It's going to happen. That's part of life. But God is good. God is amazing. And God is for us. And we get to turn on the light switch in dark places to bring hope in a world that's lying right now. The spirit of, the spirit of evil is lying and tricking people. Leave us in the dark and let's check out of this thing. God says, no, no, no. There's so much good happening in the world. A friend of mine, a recent friend of mine spends a lot of time in Africa with children and stuff. And, and we've got to know there's people that are doing, doing Mighty work over there. And he spends most of the time in Africa, all over Africa. He says, Lonnie, when you think of Africa, you probably think of a starving kid, starving nation, all this bad stuff going on. He says, let me tell you something. That's a small percentage of Africa. Most, Africa's doing, most, most of Africa is doing ex, 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 exceedingly well. And the Christian dome is growing greatly. But they don't report that in the news. All you hear is Africa with the kids starving. And that's a very small percentage that we need to address and deal with. But he said, that, but you have that, the view of Africa. So that's so far from the truth of Africa. He said, Africa is a thriving nation, but they don't report all that God is doing there. He travels around Africa. It's been months there. He said, it's a bright place. Thanks to the Heidi Bakers of the world, people like him and others going in there and saying, the world's not dark, it's light. Are you hearing my spirit now? Are you hearing the spirit of the Lord? So either we live in a dark world or we live in a world of light and where the light switches. So do we have a ministry team here tonight? Do we have a ministry team tonight? If we do, can y'all come up? Am I the ministry team? Do you want to pray for somebody? Yeah. Let's pray out a little bit. Because sometimes, you know, we hear words like this, and, and it's not to condemn anybody. If you're going through a hard time or stuff, hey, we're the body of Christ. We need each other. And we so rejoice with people. Sometimes we don't even do that right. But we, the Bible says rejoice. People rejoice. We mourn when they mourn. But sometimes we don't mourn with people enough. Sometimes we don't mourn enough with people. We don't come alongside them and say, man, I, I, I don't have the answer for you, but I love you. I just want to just be with you in this moment and, and, and empathize with you. We don't do that enough. We want to fix them. We want to correct them. We want to tell them how to get better. No, we just want to say, you know what? I love you. And I just, whatever you go through is hard. But you're not alone. And, and let the light come through. Shine that light. So there's nothing wrong with needing help and needing prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we're about, the body of Christ, to help pick us up. So let's play the last slide. My hope is in you, Lord. Listen to this. kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen 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 when i put that down on youtube the initial i just played the clip of it man something spoke to my spirit 
Something was so pure and real in them kids doing the Father's Prayer. Something was so innocent. It just raised my hope. It raised my hope even more. The hope that's already in me to shine more. To be childlike and not childish. To be childlike and not... Go for it. Release it, Lord. Just get her. More, Lord. You're in the house where you can do that. More, Lord. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch your children, Holy Spirit. Touch your spirit. Let our child like this raise them and just receive it for who you really are. Shaba. No shame, no guilt, no blame. Just come. Come the way you want to show up, Holy Ghost. More, Lord. More. Just pour it out. See, this is what it's all about. This is the Lord connecting with us. I know this is strength. Let's keep going, Lord. I know some of this is strength for you, but the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we need the joy of the Lord to come in us, to break off the heaviness, the weariness, the dust of this world so we can be light again. So Holy Spirit, blow through this place with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Manifest your presence any way you want to, Holy Ghost. Manifest your presence any way you want to. You are God. We're your sons and daughters. Come, Papa, come. Just invade your children with your love and beauty. It's getting hot in here. Just feel the heat. If you need physical healing, just stand up, please. If you need physical healing, keep, keep letting the Holy Spirit move on you if he's moving. Don't stop. Let him stir it up. I want you to close your eyes and hold your hands out. I believe the fire of God is just falling in this place right now. Holy Spirit, release the healing fire of God right now in this place. You know what everybody needs. You know the symptoms. You know the healings. Diabetes. Stiff necks. Holy Spirit, come release healing right now in this place. Let the fire of God fall on every one of your sons and daughters need physical healing in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, have your way. Blow through this place. Blow through this place. Cast her as a life in the pit of hell. Holy Spirit, cast out your children right now in the name of Jesus. Migraines must go. Sleep apnea must go in the name of Jesus. Where hearts need to be healed whole and made whole again. Where emotional things have happened, Lord, begin to touch their hearts. Let them feel the tangible presence of your love. More, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Holy Spirit, please release the angels of heaven in this place, the ministering angels in this place. Please send them to the divine assignments that you, that you created for them to be, God. More, Lord, go deeper. Holy Spirit, fall, fall, fall. We just release divine supernatural healing in this place. I just want to stay in this place for a few more minutes because the Holy Spirit's moving. And I want to rush what He wants to do by feeling pressure being up here. Oh, driving this thing. I'm not driving anyway. Who cares? I'm riding. I'm just Julie on the love boat speaking. Maybe I could be Isaac, the bartender. Probably the others are old enough to know who that was. Stir it up, Lord. Stir up your healing, Papa. Shaba. Knees are being healed right now. Knees are being healed. Backs are being restored. Begin to check yourself and do something you couldn't do before. Shh. Just be safe when you do it. 
Necks are being released. Stiff necks or something are being released right now. Yeah. If you've been, if you've been touched by the Lord, if you see something happen, wave, wave at me. If the Lord's touching you and moving on you, just wave at me so everybody can see. Just wave, wave. The Lord's moving you high. Wave. More, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. More. More. More healing, Papa. Ministry team, I just release you to go out and start touching people, ministry team. Go start praying for people that are standing up. Ministry team, go out and pray for people. More, Lord. Increase. Go for some people that are standing up, please. More, Lord. People will be healed tonight. Let your testimony be released in this place, Jesus. More, Lord. Go deeper. A little, louder on the, little more on the drum for me. A little more on that drum. Thank you. Can you do something you couldn't do before? Where I had no pain now. Completely no pain. Okay, listen to this testimony. So about, hi everyone. About four months ago, I was, keep, in, a, in, a, I was in a truck accident. Somebody hit me and I rolled my truck three times. And um, out of that, um, I had a major kink in my neck and my neck had been overstretched with major nerve damage. And God just completely, I mean, I've been going through pain. God just completely realigned my neck. I mean, I've been receiving almost 23 plus 24 weeks of therapy going four times a week. I mean, the pain where I couldn't even bear it. Scale 1 to 10 is like a 10 most of the time. And now? No pain. Can we thank Jesus for what he's doing? Can you look at my mic? 